Welcome to Hammer Down. Down. Number one gambling podcast coming out of the PMI offices. And we are on a roll. I am your host, Tone Diggs. I will be steering this beautiful ship all day, all season, all long. I am joined by the Mr. Nuke Man himself, <coughs> Bubba Gampino. Good day, Tony. Here we go. I am joined by Michael Lombardi, who you can listen to every day on VSIN with the Lombardi line, the GM Shuffle Pod. Writes for The Athletic, and I have been enjoying the Daily Coach emails quite a bit, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I'm waiting for our guest writer, Pat, to come. Anytime he wants to submit something, feel free. We love it. That's a lot. Writing takes a lot of time. I don't know how you guys do it. I, I, I get in the mood sometime where I'm like, all right, I'm going to write up my thoughts here. And I start typing, and it get to like 240 characters, and I'm like, well, I, I think I'll just make this a tweet, actually, and I just send out tweets. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really a good tweeter. I mean, you do wonderful on that. Hey, thank you, you Mr. Do Bison. I thank you. It's where I kind of build up everything uh, for everything that we're currently doing. But every once in a while, yeah, did you have? Speaking of Twitter, you know, you I was watching last night. My wife and I were watching the David Letterman. Um, oh. My next guest needs no introduction. Have you watched that at all? Chappelle, I heard, is awesome. I heard uh, Kim Kardashian's on there. I'm excited for it. I love those types of shows. Uh, I mean, the two you just mentioned were, I mean, Kardashian was incredible. I I didn't know much about her other than my daughter-in-law's loving her. (laughs) But she was really impressive, and so was Chappelle. Chappelle was really, really good. Yeah, normally those comedians uh, that make it to a high level have – Really, really, really good brains. Mm-hmm. You know, normally it, like, you listen to Jerry Seinfeld, that comedians in cars getting coffee. You listen to him talk yeah. to anybody. It's like those conversations are always very interesting to listen to. I would assume Letterman, high up comedian, Chappelle, the guy, that conversation. I can't wait for it. I was so excited to hear about it this morning, actually, whenever I got in. They're like, oh, Letterman's got a new, my next guest is. I can't wait for it. What was that on Twitter, though? You saw it on Twitter? You were going to really. No, like- I just was. I- they got into the whole uh they got into the whole kardashian influence on twitter and instagram oh and 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 basically that you know like a lot of people she doesn't need a show to make her money correct oh yeah and she doesn't need a network she doesn't need a a show she's got 160 million followers on instagram and 100 you know whatever paisan the creators are the network that is just what it is. That, no, the, the creators that, are. The that's network. what we're headed to. The, the, that's where the world is. The create. That's the, there. You go. That's a daily coach. I'm going to write that for the daily coach. <laughs> the creators are the network. Do you be want me? Creator. Do you want me to write that? Maybe it feels like that's that. That would be awesome. I mean, your story about how you've done this is somewhat. It's very daily coachish. It's because you're able to go from you know a, a player in the NFL. You built a huge market. Your social media. The way you've attacked it, the way you've strategized it, it's and you've created it without having to be on ESPN, even though you are, you know, like like ESPN, for example, you know, that, this guy novel. If you ever read novel, he's incredible. He's uh, he's really, really incredibly smart. Uh, he has a, like a 10 minute podcast every day. Novel, his name is. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I would be a disaster. Anyway, so the, he talks about how you have to be you're you have to be the only way you could ever create wealth in your in this country is to be your own wealth creator. When you work for somebody, 
you can't create wealth. That you you are dependent upon them liking you to create wealth. And and ESPN, like like say Adam Schefter, for example, he's got what eight million followers on Twitter. He's his own real news. Oh source. yes, he is. Right. Like if he didn't have ESPN, he would he would probably have twenty million followers. Yeah, because he might be able to swear and enjoy the internet a little bit more, but. I don't want to get too far off topic here because we are here to make money and everything like that, but this is a way to make money. I think everybody's going to be their own boss at some point or have the ability to be their own boss with social media. It's a modern-day gold rush. If you can build up landscape or real estate on the Internet, you're in a good spot. And uh, yeah, you, we got a good yeah, team. There you go. There's another daily coach. Okay, we go back to betting. So let me ask you guys this question. Why, why is everyone betting Tennessee this week before the game? Like, why is Pittsburgh getting no respect in the betting market? I hammered Pittsburgh. Eighty-five percent of the money is on the Tennessee Titans. What? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Pat. Like, like to, to me, two games that my numbers back up, that I'm supported by everything, my football knowledge, the numbers is Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Oh, and I can't figure out why it's moving. I see Gump shaking his head. I mean, like, why? Why is is it so obvious? Steelers are great on the road against winning teams against the spread as well. Thirty three, sixteen, and two. Their last fifty one. <laughs> Michael, and the thing about the Steelers is, like, I've obviously been a lifelong fan. Like, the the running game does not worry me for them. Their yards per carry has gone up because he went for two hundred, and one of his one of his carries last week was ninety five yards or whatever. But like that. His, the rushing hey. of Derrick Henry does not worry me. Tannehill worries me more than New tackles, too. Yeah. Taylor Lewan's out. New tackle. That defensive line, for me, whenever I pick a game, I try to make it as easy as possible, okay? Who's good on that team? Feels like Ryan Tannehill is unbelievable, mm-hmm. by the way. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the last 16 games have accomplished something I guess no other duo has done. I saw this by Greeny and Hembo this morning on Get Up. I guess he has over 2,000 yards rushing in the last 16 games, and he has, I think, 30 – I forget what the number is. Some record, those two. But in my head, that team goes through Derrick Henry. And whenever I immediately thought, like, okay, that team goes through Derrick Henry, and they lost Taylor Lewan, who's all-pro tackle, and then I immediately think on the other side, will they be able to stop that? Oh, yeah, yeah, the defense will be able to stop that. And will the Tennessee defense be able to stop uh, Ben Roethlisberger? Probably, but who will stop who more? I think the Steelers will stop that more. And I just naturally was like, oh, yeah, that's a lock for the Steelers. Hearing this, it sounds, it's very interesting because I did not think that 80-some percent of the money would be on the Titans at this point. I, that's you know, I, I think the Titans are a lot like Seattle, really good on offense. And, and not as bad as Seattle on defense, but just as bad. I mean, remember that Jacksonville game, Jacksonville scored, what, 30 points mm-hmm. on them? Or- yeah. You know, I mean, they bit Minnesota went up and down the field on last them. last week. I mean, I I, I think Pittsburgh's going to move the ball on them. I'm with you. I think what what side of the ball to me Pittsburgh's the better team. I had it as a five five and a half point Pittsburgh should have been a five and a half point favorite. They opened up at what a three and a half three. No, so I, got, they were they were minus two to open, weren't they? I. The what I'm looking at is that the Steelers were minus one and a half to open, and now they're plus one and a half. I could be wrong. The Steelers are getting points right now. Yeah, plus. Yeah, plus I mean, I'm all half. over that. If you're going to give me points in the Steelers, take me to take me to the electric chair. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, this is what happens with. I the, agree. What the. Fuck? When teams play the Browns, right? When the Browns win, everyone thinks they're great, but instead of giving the Steelers credit for kicking the shit out of the Browns, 
everyone just says, oh, the Browns stink again. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers beat – I don't want to play the, you know, the Dunkel rating where one team beats this team. I mean, but remember the, the Denver game? Denver covered, but that wasn't really a close game, 26-21, right? That, yeah. that wasn't close. I, 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 to me and, – and we know that Tennessee – I know that Guskowski had some par- problems in the opener, but that was a hard game for Tennessee. Very, yeah. That's so long ago, though. You agree with that. That was so long ago. I just Yeah, it was long ago. I, I, I don't, you know, but but what wasn't long ago is Houston going up and down the field. Obviously. Yeah, legit. Very legit. That game goes to overtime, obviously. And who knows what the Houston Texans are right now because this yeah. is their second game after losing their coach. Correct. Um, yeah, I, Ben has admitted that he doesn't like playing in Tennessee for some reason, so I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything Where, where did he say it. that at? He talked about it this week in his little press conference. Oh, he's trolling. That's no. trolling, Ben. That's what he said. That's what he said. I think Ben's just Ben's just being Ben. That's just that's nobody there. They won't have any many people there. You don't have to worry about it. No, I don't think he's got to worry about that. Another game though here. See ya. It is alarmingly breezy in Tennessee. It is, isn't it? It's alarmingly breezy (laughs) in the stadium down there. It is because they have one open end like Pittsburgh, but it's Mm -hmm. it's not on the river, so it's not as bad. But it is a breezy stadium. Is Ben Roethlisberger not like the breeze? Down he might not. Nashville? Well, I mean, he plays in, it, it doesn't make sense. Does that mean he hates Pittsburgh more? Probably. Oh, wow. Another game that we t- well, I wanted to talk about was Seahawks at cards, plus three and a half. Uh, but there's potentially breaking news. Gumpy, you said that there, the Sunday night football game is being this flexed. Is, this has been flexed to the Sunday nighter and Bucks and Raiders. Which go to four o'clock yeah but i imagine they're but doing bucks, that in yeah. case it gets canceled because bucks and raiders moved. is not a game that would be flex it's not like that's a bad matchup like they're oh. not taking they're not taking the bucks out of prime time no. but they moved them to four o'clock instead of a one o'clock game where there's a bunch of them four o'clock it's still like a highlight game maybe because the names are still there but you're right this is probably a, a nbc saying there's a chance that because all the offensive linemen aren't in the building. Mm-hmm. The game gets canceled. I didn't even think about that until right now, boys. Michael, is this game off the board for you because of Trent Brown? I assume he's out this weekend, and then the rest of the starting offensive line being sent home? Yeah, I mean, look, Trent Brown, and then they, they know Trent Brown. They got video of him not wearing his mask, him not wearing his tracker, so they can't What does that mean? Players. What does that mean? Is that like social media video? No, I don't know how they got that, Pat. I have no idea how they. Well, get they said this, they have cameras they, they in the locker room. They know he wasn't wearing a mask, and right? they don't have a way to social. They don't have a way to track who he's been around. So they don't know who to send home. They just sent the whole line home, and obviously they're not practicing. The Bucks are going to keep practicing. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved this to Monday night, or at least try to. Oh. You know, I, I mean, I like Tampa in this game a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought Tampa's the better team, but you know, I don't know how to measure this right now. Hey, from what you've heard about the way this is with the mask force that's walking around the building with taking notes and seeing if people have their mask above their nose, below their jaw properly, they're not talking to anybody in the hallways, they're not congregating, and with the way you're getting tested every single morning, and then you can't go in the locker room at the same time, you can eat at this. How would you have handled this in your building? This is, listening to it, it takes away a massive part of the game, which I think is like your team coming together. Like, I think a team yeah, being, no doubt. being a team I is mean, a big deal. I mean, how do you become a team in the locker room that, you know, you go into that sacred place where the players kind of bond and get together? Or, you know, the meal room to me was always oh, yeah. the greatest spot to see where players, you know, when I saw Jimmy Garoppolo sitting and having lunch with all the offensive linemen, I knew that Garoppolo was well, that they liked him, you know? You can tell when you go in the lunchroom or the dinner room who likes who and who doesn't. 
you know, and from, you know, and who's and how the team comes together. This is challenging. I know, you know, my son up in New England, he has an app on his phone that he orders his food. They bring it to his office. I mean, he's basically doesn't leave his office unless he goes to practice or has a staff meeting in a socially distanced room. Jeez. They got him eating in their cars in Denver, yeah, they do. apparently. Yeah. Michael, I mean, another. They're, they're, there's no, the Denver facility is really tiny. <laughs> Michael, another, <laughs> another GM question. Um, are the Vi- the Vikings trading in Gawkway? Is that they tried to get him? For, they got him for this season. It didn't work out. They're one in five. They might as well. This is the only year on his contract with them. He's up next year. Is that them just getting him out and getting something back because they figured he was going to be gone next year anyways? And you got well, they that right. Got a, they probably would have got a compensatory three, right? So they traded out the, the right for the compensatory three to Baltimore, who basically gave them a compensatory three, a low third. And Baltimore's feeling is, look, we'll get this three back whether we sign them or not. It was a liquidation sale. What I think you're going to start seeing in the next two weeks are teams that have to get below the cap for 2021. Like, let's just take, you know, Atlanta. I've mentioned this. Expect Julio. I mean, I would expect Julio Jones to get traded. Atlanta right now, Atlanta right now is $25 million over the cap next year, and they only have 32 players. <laughs> Jesus. That's and if it, the cap doesn't go up. That's if the cap stays the same. Which it, it's going to go so, down. Everybody's thinking. It's going down. It's going significantly down. So that's a real issue. So the Eagles, the Eagles are $68 million over the cap next year. And people think, well, the Eagles are going to try to acquire a player to help their team out. No, they're not. They're trying to buy cap room this year, like they redid Fletcher Cox's contract, so that they can put money into next year's cap and try to help themselves out. So all these moves, I think, I think the next move for Minnesota is to trade Kyle Rudolph. I think they're going to definitely do all that. Oh, Where do you geez. do you have any idea or any one in five? Rudolph loves Minnesota. Rudolph loves that place of a cap that oh. can handle Julio and actually benefit them this year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, the Indianapolis Colts could, you know. Oh, let's I mean, the Colts have a ton of cap room next year. Get them here. You know, and the, fuck? the Colts have a ton. I had to go shut my door. I got the guy mowing the lawn down. Nice <laughs> shirt, Mike. Hey, great shirt, Paisan. Uh, yeah, I put the I put it on for. I mean, I had. I mean, every day it's it's almost eighty degrees here at the Jersey Shore today. It's incredible. Anyway, <laughs> you know, next year the Jets have eighty-two million of cap room. That's if the cap stays the same. The Jaguars have eighty-one. The Colts, the Patriots could take on Julio Jones with mm-hmm. no problem at sixty-six million. Same with the Washington Football Team. The Ravens have forty-three million. Oh, and no. now some of these teams only have. Right now, I'd say that, like the Patriots have forty-five players on the contract for next year, and they have sixty-six million dollars. Huh. So this is really what's motivating all the decisions. And when you look at the Vikings, right? So the Vikings, if you're Rick Spielman, you're sitting in your office and you're looking at your 21 cap. You've got Anthony Barr due to make seven million. You got Danielle Hunter. You got Kyle Rudolph's going to make seven point six million. Kiss him goodbye. You got Riley Reef due to make six point six, and then he's got a bunch of incentives. So kiss him goodbye. Oh, here's you an know, I- here's an idea. They probably shouldn't have fucking re-upped Kirk Cousins a year before they had to. Yeah, you know that's that's you know when you're trapped like that, you know it's it's you, you just get into all sorts of problems. They magnify. It's the Curly in the boat theory. You know when when you ever see the Three Stooges when Curly's in the boat? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. All right, so you know Curly drill. You know there's a there's a leak in the boat, so Curly grabs one of those screwdrivers and says, 
let me make a, I'll make this hole and let the water from the first hole out. Now he's got two holes. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, with does Kyle uh, Rudolph goes to the Patriots too, right? Don't they need a tight end? Everybody's talking about Zach. They do, but I don't know. If, I don't know if the Patriots want to take on seven million dollars for a tight end that can't do anything that doesn't really impact the passing game. Oh, they they what a shot they at Kyle be. Rudolph that was. He didn't deserve that. Well, I mean, he's a better blocker. I mean, Irv Smith's the pass catcher up there. I'm not. I mean, I think they should. They they need him. They have nobody. I mean, he's better than Ryan Izzo. There's a shot at Ryan Izzo. Michael within Gawkway, Um Correct me Jeez. if I'm wrong. Do the do the Ravens still play a three four? And hasn't he primarily been a four three uh, edge rusher? They, they play a hybrid, so they okay. slide the front. So they, they, they can be in a four-man line. It's really a four-man line. All three-man lines are four-man lines unless you play a zero technique at nose. It's how you slide it. You know, it's like the Steelers. They'll drop Watt off and they'll bring the other guy. They'll drop Dupree off and bring Watt, you know. And so the, the Ravens are multidimensional with their front. But what they wanted is they wanted another edge guy, especially in their sub. When you're in sub, you're typically – you've got two ends in the game, whether you're an odd floater, whether you're an odd – whether you're in whatever you're All right, in, hold on, got, Paisan, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you're in sub, will you explain what that means to people that might not know? All right, so when you're on, when, when you go to the, the third down, which is basically sub defense, sub that you're going to go into some form of a four man line. A lot of teams like to use what we call odd floater, which is they cover the nose tackle, they have two ends over the tackles, and they have a bunch of guys floating around. Okay, and you're not sure who's coming, so that's why the name odd floater because it's any time the center's covered, the line is considered odd. So they have these guys floating around, and so in sub, you always are going to have two ends, and then they might come, they might drop, you know, they might do different things. So you know, for for Baltimore, that's exactly how they're going to use them alongside of Matt Judon on the other side. So it'll be him and Judon. Now they won't all come at the same time. They may bring the middle linebacker. They may drop off him. They're going to do all different combinations. I don't like it. They got a lot better today, huh? I don't like it. You think they got a lot better today? And by the way, I, I, you... I think they improved their team. I think the fundamental question about Baltimore, Tone. I mean, if you're a Steeler fan, I mean, the Baltimore offense has not looked the same. They have not run the ball as effectively as they did last year. They're not the same run team as they were last year. They're not as physical as they were last year. Do you, do you think that's – yeah, is that them losing Yonda? Is that them uh, losing – what's his name to Atlanta for the tight end? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. No, Hayden Hurst. No, Hayden Hurst. I think it's really more of they're, – they're kind of like they're, they're getting a little cute. I think people know how to play them a little bit better. That was, was going to be my question. Or is it defense coordinators having another year to study this offense and maybe slowly catching up? And I don't think they really have – I think they need to get in a little bit of some base formations and try to just pound a little people a little bit. Well, Mike – Get they, them under center. Well, they also – they just signed Des Bryant, so I assume they're probably going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game now with that guy. Well, I was, if, yeah, I mean, you know, look, that, that may, does that mean they're out of the Antonio Brown sweepstakes? I don't think so. Who's in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes? Because Shefty's – Oh, I think Seattle's in it. I, I know Tampa would love to be in it. But Bruce, you know, Bruce has had a bad relationship, I think, with mm. Antonio Brown going back to when he was a young player in Pittsburgh. So The Bucks just made I, some space, didn't they? Yeah, they um, Muppet or Moffat or whatever his name is. <laughs> they just uh, moved around somebody. They cleared up, cleared up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks could afford them. I mean, look, I, I think, you know, it, I, I think that the issue there is more about what, what how, you know, uh, he just didn't feel comfortable. Right now, let's see where the Bucks are in cap room. 
Uh, they went to 4.3 or something. 4.7, I think. Yeah, the Bucks are. Yeah, they needed to build some cap room, so they were at 6.47 today. I mean, the Vikings after this trade, I don't know if this trade is in it, but they barely had 150,000. The 49ers cleared cap room, but every time people are clearing cap room, they're not clearing cap room to sign a player. They're clearing cap room to help them in 2021. Huh. Wait, now is this something that? If you're a bad GM, you get yourself in this position because we saw, like, the Rams. The Rams signed everybody when they had Goff on his rookie contract. They signed everybody. You were, there was just Indomitian Sue will do this, Todd, or Todd Gurley, Brandy Cooks. Uh, will sign. It became like an all-star team almost over there, and everybody was getting signed to these big deals. And then they had to pay Goff, and then they realized all these contracts are sitting on top of each other. And it's like – that doesn't get judged enough. Like, the GM fucked up there, right? Like, setting up that contract, not knowing what was coming. Oh, their cap's a mess. I mean, their cap is a complete mess. I mean, they got Jared Goff's base salaries $25 million next year. With his prorated signing bonus, he's, his cap number's 34.6. Aaron Donald's 27.8. You know? And so, and this doesn't even have, I don't even see, they, they don't have... Uh, they don't have uh, yeah. Jalen Ramsey's on it. He's Cooper at his Cup. cap number's twenty two million next year. Cooper Cup they just paid too as well. Yeah, and I mean, Cooper Cup they just paid his number's fourteen million. So how does I mean, how does the gonna, GM not get held accountable? They're going to have a millionaires club, and then they're going to have the rookie club. <laughs> how come? How come the GM? It, like, that is on the GM though. Like, as soon as I see it, I'm like. Well, it's not the player's fault that they set up this deal to be the way it no, is. No, I mean, look, you know, he's got Robert Woods making thirteen million. He's got the tight end Tyler Higby making seven one. Who's that? I mean, Les you know, still? You can kiss Haverston goodbye. He's making eight three. You know, Johnny Hecker's due to make four point three. They're not going to be able to afford the best punter, Johnny Hecker. He's making four. He makes three seven five next year. Hmm. Good for him. Well worth it, by the way. Well, <laughs> well worth it. No, he, I mean, he's tremendous. All right, let's go to so that Seahawks cards game that we talked about that's getting flexed to uh, to Sunday night. Does this change anyone's bet thoughts? Because Russell is fourteen and two in prime time, and now he's in. It's a prime time game now. Yeah, Kyler just came off an ass beating on prime time. That's what I, I like. The Cardinals plus three and a half. Am I wrong, Lombardi? You know, it's funny you said that. So a buddy of mine sent me his what he what he liked this week, and he said Cardinals three and a half. And I said, and I said to myself, you're crazy. Then I ran my numbers. Yes. And the Cardinals and the Cardinals are the the fifth best team in the NFL based <laughs> on the numbers. Let's go, dude. And and, and and actually, the Cardinals the Cardinals should be favored in the game. Russell loves it in Arizona. I am also taking the Cardinals, and I wrote this down today. Six of the last eight meetings between these two uh, has been three points or less, <laughs> and one of those, the six of the eight. So one of the two of those. That weren't three points or less was a blowout by the Cardinals. So the the, the road team is nine one and one against the spread the last eleven in this match. Oh, that's geez. not good for us. I mean, yes. why are you gonna that's do that? Terrible. I mean, I'm yeah. staying away from it. My numbers, my numbers. They take Arizona. I can't. I'm not going against Russell Wilson. I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. I can't. Are we starting to worry about Jamal Adams, Mike? It's been three weeks now, and he's still not practicing. Oh, Jamal, yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be an issue. Now, they got Kendricks back. I think Kendricks will help yeah. them a little bit. I don't think the rookie was ready to play right now. So, but, you know, I, I mean, look, I don't, I, did, I didn't think Arizona was a great team. And then when, and I looked at the numbers and I had to run them twice. I was like, where did this come from? I feel like, I don't know if their defense is playing great, but I think their defense is better than I thought they would be this year. 
Yeah, so what I did was this this week, because that happened, I put the schedule, the strength of schedule in. And the Cardinals have the 29th schedule in there. So they have a really easy schedule. Oh, so yeah. I put that in my power ranking, but it still didn't deter the number. Oh, no, but didn't deter is the number. your power ranking 100% accurate with the strength of schedule thing? Be, of be, course it is. It, yeah, it is. Don't yeah, play. it is. It's Lombardi line. It's the Lombardi on the road, line. Baby. I mean, so this week, it's funny, though, Pat. This week, I mean, the lines are, are, are every line is right close to the, to the betting line. Oh, yeah. The oh. lines that I'm not close on are... The, the blowout lines, like I have the I have the Chief Denver game at ten point three. I think the line opened at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I had the I had the Buffalo Jet game at nine. It's at eleven. See, I don't think I can handicap really well the bad bad teams because there's only so far they can go down. What do you think about that Chargers Jaguars game, Mike? It's only so far. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I have it as a six point game. It's an eight point game. I love the Chargers in the game. So do I, yeah. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. I, I love the Chargers. We, I love them. I mean, if you told me I had to pick three teams today, I'd say Chargers, Pittsburgh, kick Green Bay. We were talking about this morning, like, the, or the Jags won that first game and it made everyone think that before the season, they were supposed to be the Jets. Like, they were supposed to be the worst yeah. team in the NFL. We were talking to keep going against them until Vegas – maybe adjust to what the Jags have become now. And if Vegas's lines are close to your lines, I mean, Vegas is starting to starting to really dial it in then. Yeah, that mean, and also- yeah, I think so. And I think if you go back, I went back and watched the Detroit-Jacksonville game again. This I watched it twice, and Jacksonville really never was in that game. Gardner Minshew is not playing very well right now. And their offensive line really struggled to block Detroit. I know that sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> Detroit got pressure on Minshew. That Lions Atlanta game should be a stay away, but man, if Julio's playing, I might bite. <laughs> Julio's trying to get out, right? Well, that's what I don't know. Julio just had a massive game last week. Maybe it's because he loves Atlanta and the Falcons so much, or maybe he's like, "All right, give me the hell out." But of there's here. a lot of line movement to Detroit in that game. Yeah, I've seen that. All right, fuck, fuck that. Guys. All right, it's time we we talk about tonight. But before we talk about tonight, every Thursday now. I have invested the power within me to reward the best record for the week before. Okay. The inaugural ceremonial. Pink ring. Beautiful. That thing's nice. Diamond encrusted, 24 (laughs) karat gold. Hey, it's gorgeous. Pinky ring. And you carry that honor for, for, for one week, unless you are also the best week, the best record for that next week. And it's an honor that should be taken seriously. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. And this week, Amen. Amen. I believe Pat went four and one. Bingo. Uh, Mitt, well, you throw up the, the total records. He went four and one, I believe, to take his record to 23 or 20. 24 and 11 for Pat. Mr. Lombardi got back above 510 and nine. I'm 19 and 13. Gumpy is 20 and 17. But for week seven, Pat will be wearing. The ring that was forged in fire with his Thor hammer that is quite hot. Yeah. I present you the ring. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. How are you clapping, Paisa? Thank you. Michael, I asked you for your address this morning because are we will be. Are you kidding me with will, this thing? We will be sending you a ring just 
you know, if, when you win a week, so you have it at your house to wear it. Oh, thank you. Is that the same ring that Kim got stolen in Paris? Is that the same one? Oh, you <laughs> learned much. a lot about Kim last night, huh? <laughs> Pretty learned, much. Yeah, I did. Before we get into tonight's game, Gumpy's nukes. Gumpy, what are uh, the nukes for tonight's game? Uh, Giants 0-4 against the spread last four Thursday games. Wow. This thing's awesome. <laughs> this, this ring is a very nice ring. You did you did a great job, Thank Diggs. You. I Thank can't you. wait for you to wear it. You're going to look awesome Thank with you. it. <laughs> Giants 0-7 straight up last seven Jesus. in Philly. <laughs> Carson Wentz 4-0 straight up and against the spread on Thursday. <laughs> Eagles 9-1 straight up last 10 versus the Giants. <laughs> and this is the one that I think you're going to like, Tony. Okay. Danny Dimes in prime time. Uh huh. 0-3 against the spread. Oh no! All right, Michael. With all that being said, what do you think about tonight? I think it's going to be a hard game for the Giants because the their front. I think Danny Dimes will struggle. The Eagle front is the strength of their team. It is the only strength of their team. They get Lance Johnson back at right tackle. They get Man, Matt yeah. Fryer back at right guard. They need him. Uh, you know, they they may have Deshaun Jackson back. They need him to go with Fulcum. Oh I, I like Philly tonight. I mean, my numbers say take take the Giants, but I think Philly's moment, I think Philly's going to play better tonight. They're getting some guys back. I think they're getting healthy. The Giants can't score points. The, I think the Boston, Giants have a hard time scoring points. Boston Scott in two games last year against the Giants, 220 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns. I would like people to know while listening here, and that's a big stat there by Gumpy, uh, big nuke there. Michael Lombardi does live in Eagle country. He does. Okay, and he is very invested in the Eagles. And maybe since the power rankings say go for the Giants and he goes for the Eagles, maybe he's letting his feelings get involved <laughs> in his picks at this particular time. I, I just have a – Pat, I have a hard time betting the Giants. I mean, they've played better football than the Eagles. There's no denying it. There's no denying it. Visually, there's no denying it. But to me, Thursday nights are always kind of quirky, you know, I don't know how Wentz is standing up after the beating he took by Baltimore. I really don't. It's just it's a feel I have, and they're getting a couple players back. I mean, I like I, the feel. I, I, I wouldn't reckon. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just going with the gut. No, you are right. You say it, you're right. You're say 100% it. right, and so you're wrong. But I just happen to think that I'm right in saying – I got the Giants plus four and a half. Yeah, I got the Giants tonight. I'm on them plus four and a half. I also like the Carson Wentz under passing yard thing that Darius Butler uh, talked about, mm-hmm. 243 and a half yards. I think that's a – but, boy, hearing your power ranking say they like the Giants made me feel a lot better after listening to the reasonings that you had for the Eagles because I feel like you know the Eagles much better than I do. But with that being said, Joe Judge – Hopped on a fumble in training camp in the mud. <laughs> and the boys cheered for him. This is a big night for old Danny Dimes, who rushed for 74 yards last week. He's going to get loose. They better have a spy on that guy. Also, plus 400 bet. Uh, Danny Dimes for a rushing touchdown. Michael, you are, are on the public side, by the way. 63% of the bets, 76% of the money. Gumpy, what do you got for tonight? Just like Mike said, he had a feeling. We got all the stats, everything we need. But there's one major reason I'm taking this pick. The Eagles watched the Cowboys lay an absolute fucking egg on Monday (laughs) night, and the NFC East is wide open. Give me the Eagles minus four and a half. The Giants said the same thing. What is this guy even talking about? I, I, apparently, he apparently the Giants didn't. Feeling. Apparently, the Giants didn't watch the game, dude. Oh my God, apparently. watch the games, Giants. All right, everyone knows where I'm going tonight. I like the feeling that you have, by the way. Where are you going? You like the you like the under tonight, don't you? The Giants are 30th in yards per play. Oh, geez. The Philadelphia D is number eight. The 
Philadelphia offense is number 26 in yards per play. The Giants D is number 12. Uh, both O-lines are number 24 and number 31 in protecting their quarterbacks with the opposing D-lines being much better. Um, they are number 32 and number 28 as far as offensive DVOA. Both these uh, defenses are in the teens. Oh, jeez. Uh, I feel like I had another stat towards that tonight, but I don't even know if I need to say it. I do like the under 45 points tonight, Michael. You did know where I was going. Good for you. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the other thing I, why I like this is I think Jason Garrett has struggled when he was in Dallas to move the ball Ooh. against Philly's defense. It's true. That's scheme. a little nugget. Oh. And I think that's probably why I lean that way more. I lean towards Philly against my numbers because I just don't see him being able to outcoach Schwartz in terms of being able to really get – production out of what he has to do offensively i mean that giants offense is abysmal so you'll watch that game you'll watch that game tonight, tonight? yeah and you'll see an that incompletion and you'll be like yeah i'll clap you wild I, I, I did it on monday i couldn't fuck Listen, how, how is that this that's is, what you do like oh incompletion fucking right <laughs> shank when you're when you're an under better you i don't really like three and outs i want him to get the ball to 20 drive to the 50 Punt the ball, pin them deep, same, same thing, thing back. If they get into field goal range or whatever, the best case scenario is you get down inside the 10 and then a turnover. That's always a fun Or going for it on oh, fourth. That isn't football. That the is under, not football. The under is 8-2 and two the last 10 Philly home games as well, Tony. Hey, what was the unders last week? Pretty good, huh? Unders were 10-4 and four last week. Golly. All right. So to recap, well, they both hit, got, they both hit on Monday night. All right. 12 and, hey, it's got some nukes. Let's go. Uh, all right, so Garrett has in in the last one, two, three, the last six games, the Cowboys against the Eagles scored 117 points, and every time the Cowboys did score points, they did it in Dallas, never on the road. They scored nine, six, and nine on the road. Oh, you love to see it. So I just. It's, it's not gonna, the hey, spirit of classic. Game. This is going to be a classic, not anymore the Titans, but a classic Thursday night Jags Titans matchup. It's the Mega Bowl. I love it. NFC East, I love it. You know, it's the best, best thing. It's like, you know, Parcells had one of the greatest lines of all time. He said, you know, when he left Dallas, he said, in 10 years, they probably won't even remember I was here. And he's right. After <laughs> he's been gone, nobody even remembers he coached the team. It's a classic NFC East matchup. <laughs> That's right. One thousand. So has NFC East always just been a laughing? Like, what do you? What are you? I mean, when I was growing up, Pat, it was great. I mean, there were you know you had Landry. Dallas was never this bad. People don't realize Dallas has hasn't been to a conference championship game since nineteen ninety five. Oh yeah. They've only been to the playoffs in 10, 10 times in the last twenty five years. Yeah, it's when the uh, it's when the mafia got to Neil O'Donnell and told him to throw a couple pick sixes in that Super Bowl. That was the last time Dallas did it. Fucking remember that, pal. Piece of shit. Son of a bitch. Those passes were way <laughs> too missed. You remember it, Michael. You remember it. Yeah, you probably watched it. I mean, I was competing against them. I, I was competing against Neil O'Donnell. That was a hard one for me. <laughs> All right, Michael's got Philly minus four and a half. I have the under 45. Pat's got the Giants plus four and a half. And Carson Wentz and uh, Danny Dimes rushing total and touchdown. And That's a uh, lot of bets. Gumpy's got the Eagles minus four and a half. Michael, thank you so much. We will we'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. Hey, Mike. See you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hey, we appreciate you. See you. Yeah. We appreciate him. We appreciate everyone for watching and spreading the word to everyone. 
I mean, why wouldn't you? Pat's about as hot as they fucking get. Bro, zoom in on that so thing. I can't, I can't believe. But he doesn't know. Mitt has no him. idea how Mitt, to zoom he, in. Oh, he does. He does. He is doing it. Oh, shaky. Get over here, Mitt. That's mad. a good pinky yeah, ring, my friend. Nice. I mean, that is. Hey, this is what happens whenever the hammer is. <laughs> Hot as hell. Bro. It's a good it's pinky a good ring. ring. It is. I can't believe they went against you. Who's that? These two? Yeah. I know. I'm kind of worried Especially about your it. table mate, dude. Well, he said it was. He had I, all the. Well, he had all the news. He can't go yesterday. against we his. We talked about that yesterday. He can't go against his launch codes. I woke up feeling a certain way with those IR. Yesterday, I think I was on the Eagles because of the 4-0 thing. And then the IR thing, I was like, the, I liked the Giants yeah. early this season. It's time you for me to. You have loved the Giants. It's time for me to get back on that They've train. They've been kind to you. No, They've if Gumpy goes against you. his launch codes, his cabinet will impeach him and kick him out. So he had to take the Eagles. Yeah, that's true. He he won against his fucking power rankings. But yeah, he did. And when he does that, he doesn't normally do well. I know. And, and he'll say tomorrow, I should just stuck with my. <laughs> he should have 1,000%. <laughs> all right. See you tomorrow. All the picks. All the picks. For all the games. All the info. More breaking news. Hammer. Done. done.